Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,321. Just never take no for an answer. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Catherine Reinhardt. Catherine, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready to go. All right. Catherine Reinhardt is a 17-year veteran of the aftermarket automotive industry. She started in Atlanta, Georgia as a street racer, drag racer, road racer, and then a car builder. She relocated to California to pursue her automotive dreams and has worked for some of the most powerful automotive companies in the industry, including CEC Wheels, Spectre Intakes, Dirt Sport Magazine, Go Rhino Truck Accessories, I know of them, Magnaflow Exhaust, and today she is with Pilot Automotive, of which we're going to learn a lot more about. Catherine is the current chairwoman of TORA, SEMA's Truck and Off-Road Council, and she's a newly elected SEMA Board of Directors, and she is the chair of the SEMA Pinewood Derby Committee. That sounds like fun. So congratulations, Catherine, on being elected to the SEMA Board of Directors. Absolutely fantastic. SEMA, of course, one of my favorite events. Uh, this will be my 31st year in a row attending SEMA. So I've walked many miles on those floors. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Yeah, thank you, Mark. I'm really excited. You know, I've been in the industry for a very long time. In fact, my entire adult career. And um, my passion was to get a job in this industry and make my hobby uh, something I could get paid to do. And I don't think a lot of people can say that anymore, but I'm proud to be able to talk about my career and what I do. And specifically working in the aftermarket automotive. I've worked for some really awesome companies, a lot of family-owned companies. I got to learn things from the bottom up. And now being at Pilot Automotive as their vice president of marketing, it's really exciting times to work for a company that's creating innovative products and exhibiting at the SEMA show. And my SEMA show this year is actually going to be my 15th. So I feel like wow. I've walked a lot of those same halls and I've uh, worn a <laughs> yeah. lot of holes in carpet with my high heels at the show. <laughs> you know, okay, first and foremost, you are a stud at because anyone who walks SEMA in high heels I hold in high regard. I've come out of that show that five days uh, with some very sore feet. I don't know how you do that. How how do you do that? Um, You know what? I'm going to tell everyone my secret, okay? Um, It's a very inside secret, but I actually wear heels in the booth, and then I wear flats outside of the booth when I'm walking around. And I do not wear the same pair of shoes every day. So you have to come see me at all four days of the show to check out which pair of shoes I'm wearing that day. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There's an enticement to go visit Catherine. Uh, at SEMA show. Very, very cool. I like that. Well, I'm going to stick to my comfortable walking shoes. I don't think anyone wants to see me in high heels anyway, much less me. But uh, my hat's off to you and all the women that walk around with some very nice shoes at SEMA. Blows me away. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get those inspirational tires smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So Catherine, take the wheel. Yeah, mine is um, never take no for an answer. It's just the beginning of a negotiation. Um, I literally thrive on turning no's into yeses. So my big um, quote is just never take no for an answer. 
You know, I love this. And that's something I wish I'd learned a long, long time ago. I wish you'd been around in my early days when I was working in advertising. And I asked my boss, how could I make more money? And he said, well, bring in work, become an account executive. So two days a week, I put a suit on and drove downtown and went into high rises, knocked on doors. And I'll tell you, Catherine, that was a tough deal to be told no day after day. It was so debilitating. Let me ask you, for those people, since then I've learned that what you've said here is absolutely true. No is just a temporary thing down the road, or you're not offering them what they need to do, or you knocked on the wrong door. What are some tips you might offer people out there that struggle with that part of their business being told no, and it just shuts them down, and they feel like they can't move forward? What are some of the tricks of the trade that you've used to make it successful for you? Yeah, you know, no, no is a powerful word, and um, some people don't take rejection very well. Um, I definitely suggest one of your first jobs should be in sales, so you hear no a lot, and it doesn't hurt so bad later in life. Um, yeah. But for me, I, I had a sales job. I was actually selling print magazine, if anybody actually remembers what print was. I was. I still subscribe dollars. to a few of those things. <laughs> I've got a few on my desk. Not too many. I used to subscribe to 40 of them. I think I'm down to about 10 now. Yeah. So I was dialing for dollars and trying to get people to buy print ads and having to explain the value of print. And back then it wasn't as big as uh, digital ads are now today. But, you know, no is a powerful word because it's just the beginning of a conversation. And some people take that as rejection and they walk away. And for me, my next step is ask more questions. You know, why Uh, is it no? If I, you know, made it this, would you reconsider? And it's, like I said, it's just the beginning of a negotiation. Just ask more questions. Find out what's valuable to the person that you're pitching or you're trying to get a yes out of. And then recreate uh, your pitch again and try again. There's no such thing as a always no. Just keep trying. Yeah. I wish I'd known that in high school. I might have had more dates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that's a great thing is if somebody does say no, your next question sh- should be, well, how can I make this a positive experience for you and start listening. You know, stop talking and listen, obviously, is another key part of that when you're a salesperson. Uh, I remember a sales guy used to call on me in my my many years at my previous job at Carrillo's Garage, trying to get us to uh, uh, buy print from him because we were printing lots of catalogs. And I remember he was so good about that. He said, well, what do I have to do to convince you that I'm the right choice? What are your needs? And you flip it around, not to, I want your money for this thing, What can I do for you? And that's the most powerful part of the story you just told me. What can I do for you? How can I make this positive for you? Yeah, great story. Well, let's talk about a story, speaking of stories, that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car gal? Absolutely. Um, You know, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and being in that market and in that time period, it was the early, you know, 2000s. And all of a sudden, Fast and Furious was everywhere. There were people modifying their cars. And I went to this card meet that I'm going to loosely say card meet because it was basically an empty parking lot where there was a Starbucks and people just started parking there. And we would almost listen for the loud exhaust systems and follow the sound (laughs) of the exhaust to go figure out where these people were parking. And we would go to these parking lots. And I remember going there and thinking, oh, my gosh, look at all these amazing cars. I've never seen anything like this. And I was able to walk around and just walk up to people and ask questions. What do they have done to their vehicle? Why did they pick the brands they did? Why do they have that particular vehicle? Because there was a ton of aftermarket parts available for it. I met these amazing people who were so welcoming and were happy to answer questions. And they didn't treat me like I 
was a kid that didn't understand things. And let's be honest, I was a kid that didn't understand anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were just, um, they were easy to talk to. And I thought, oh my gosh, these people are nice. I want to have a car and modify it and meet up with them and hang out and create new friendships. And that's really where it started was, is creating friendships with people. You know, that was a long time ago now, but that was my first real interaction to the automotive industry. And then that, uh, a couple of years later, I went to SEMA and, you know, for everyone's first time at SEMA, it, it blows your socks off. You're just like, oh my gosh, this is, I didn't even know this existed. How do I become more a part of this? And um, yeah, that's, I think that's the start of everybody's automotive journey is it's, you know, building a friendship with someone. And then all of a sudden now you're, you know, thousands of dollars in debt and you can't stop. It's like an addiction. I know. <laughs> yeah. Stick the needle in the arm with the motor oil in it. That's and you're stuck. Yeah. But I think you're right. And it's something I've learned over the last five years of interviewing people is the automotive industry, I believe, is very, very unique in that car people love to talk with other car people. And for someone like you and me who figured out how to wrap our passions for cars and automobiles, trucks and motorcycles into our careers, that's the secret sauce to life. And I can't tell you how many people over all the years of my working in the car industry go, man, I want a job like yours. I want to do what you're doing. I want to do something in the car industry. And my answer is usually, we'll go do it. Now I've got, well, you're my 1,321st guest. I've got 1,321 people who can tell you how to do it. Just like Catherine, there are lots of opportunities out there uh, to work in this industry. And it's oh, so fun. Well, let's talk about maybe not the, the fun part, but the not so fun part. And that is a challenge or a failure that you faced along the way. Walk me through one of those. But of course, the most important part of this story should be, what did it teach you and how did you come out positively on the other end of the situation? Oh, great. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been in the industry for 17 years. And one of the things that really excites me today is being able to give back to the industry. And one of the best ways you can give back is by becoming a volunteer at SEMA. And there's different levels of volunteerism. You could, you know, join phone calls. You could be on a task force. You could, you know, help at different kinds of events. You can do internships. But one of my, um, one of my goals in my career was to get onto the SEMA board of directors. Basically, that's 10 members that represent the entire aftermarket automotive industry. And they're also in charge of all of the funding that comes from the SEMA membership. So I decided, okay, I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to try. And let me be very clear. This board is full of 10 men who are probably in their late 40s uh, all the way to their 70s. And they've been in this industry a long time. And I don't want to say the words, but it's a good old boys club. And it's sometimes hard to penetrate. And I'm very youthful <laughs> and female. <laughs> and um, sometimes we're not always, you know, received well. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to put my name in the hat and I'm going to try. And I had to get out there and I had to shake people's hands. I had to go to town halls. I had to go to membership meetings. I had to really campaign to win the spot on the SEMA board of the directors. And one of the things I haven't mentioned, I don't get paid for this. <laughs> it is literally volunteer. <laughs> it's, being, it's like being a politician. Going door to door, working very hard to try to uh, gain those votes. And then at the end of the day, yeah, you get elected, but it's free. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. And so, 
you know, and it's a lot, you know, you put yourself out there, you put your career out there, your beliefs out there. What would you do with the SEMO money um, that comes in? And it, it can be, you know, really tiring. There's a lot of money that goes involved. You have to print campaign flyers, you have to do uh, social media oh, yeah. ads. There's a lot that goes into it. And so it was a, a two month uh, roller coaster, if you will, um, because I was running against some very, very good candidates. And luckily, mm-hmm. I was able to win a spot on the board of directors. And uh, I'm really excited because I report to duty uh, next month in July at the CMA Gala. Hey, you know what? Congratulations, Catherine. And I'll let our listeners know, this is how I found out about Catherine. We're Facebook friends, but I didn't really know her before this. And I saw what you were doing. And I had to applaud you, and that's why I reached out, because I went, okay, this lady knows how to put herself forward, present herself in a really positive light, and try to engage in a support group that can help her achieve this goal she has. And I watched what you were doing, and I just went, man, this is really cool. I've got to have her on the show, because this is an inspirational story, not only to break the proverbial kind of glass ceiling, if you will, Uh, But I really think it's important to have more women in the automotive industry in these positions. Something I did this year back in March was I dedicated an entire month to women in the automotive industry uh, to celebrate Women's History Month. International Women's Day, I believe, was March 8th. So I called up my friend Lynn St. James. Uh, You may know of her. Race car driver, of course. Extraordinaire. And she's a big proponent of women in the industry. And I said, look, here's what I want to do. She got real excited and uh, gave me a lot of context to put on the show. So I love it. I think it makes our industry so much more well-rounded. And let's face it, I would bet you over 50% of the automotive decisions made in homes these days, as far as it comes to purchases, are made by women. Absolutely. Uh, maybe you know, fact, do you have a number latest, that yeah, verifies the, that? The latest survey I just found is actually 52% of households are uh, decision makers are the women. And, you know, women are great in the industry. And, you know, we are on the rise on participation inside the industry. But, you know, I was also really excited about getting the youth involved. I feel like our industry is graying out. And, you know, we really need the inspiration of the youth, their innovation. We want them to come in with new ideas. And by the way, we need consumers to come and buy our products. And so uh, I'm really making sure that the board is uh, leading in the direction of youth engagement and how are we going to brand the the SEMA show as the place to be for aftermarket automotive. Yeah, really, really important. Excellent points. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. And by the way, before I continue again, congratulations, Catherine. Nicely done. Very cool. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Oh, absolutely. My first car was a 2000 Honda Civic SI, and it was that rare blue. Okay, everybody had the blue. (laughs) (laughs) They only made the car in three colors, blue, red, and black, and everybody wanted that electric blue because it was just beautiful color. And I was racing it, and then I started showing it. And then a little quick story, I actually went through this torrential rain and it was so bad that I actually ended up seizing the motor. So I thought, oh my gosh, well, how am I going to explain this to my parents? I bought a brand new Honda Civic SI and I've already seized the motor on it. And um, I actually never told them, don't tell them I said that. But <laughs> no, I I'm sure up, they're not listening. <laughs> I ended up uh, doing a Frankenstein motor where I put a B20 block with a V16 head and it thing screamed. It was so awesome. And yeah, then I ended up getting recognized by some of my sponsors. I was in some ads and on some covers. And then eventually I just over modified it to the point where I couldn't do anything else. And I got bored. So I sold the car on eBay. 
Does anybody actually remember yeah. selling cars on eBay? It was like the most popular hey. thing at the time. <laughs> yeah, I bought and sold cars on eBay. It works really well. It really does. I had this guy buy the car sight unseen, send me a cashier's check, put it on a tow truck, and it was gone. It was the easiest transaction I've ever done. Yeah, no, they've done a great job. Yeah, I've wasted a lot of time on eBay Motors, that's for sure. Oh my God, but I've also have. found, yeah, I've also found a lot of cool parts there, which has been really great uh, for cars over the, well, Honda Civics, the SI, the 2000, cool little car and so many things you can do to those, which is really great. Do you have a seller's remorse story though? Is there a car you've let go you wish you had back? You know, I don't really wish I had one back because I'm the type, as soon as I'm done with them, I'm done. Like I beat them to all hell. And unfortunately, <laughs> I really don't want them back. They're like, you know, uh, ex-boyfriends. You know, once you're done with them, you just, you don't want them back. Oh, oh, <laughs> there you go. But I, I understand. do have one ride, which was my 2000 Kawasaki ZX-6R, my motorcycle. I loved, it was, you know, the fastest I've ever been before. It was an exhilarating ride. And I, I did love that motorcycle a lot. And if it nice. ever did come back around and I found out, of course, I would, I would get that back again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bikes. That, that's a cool bike too. Killer. Very, very nice. Well, let's uh, let's talk about a current project that has you excited and fired up right now. You're at Pilot Automotive, VP of Marketing. Uh, what has you excited about Pilot? And let our listeners know out there that may not be fully aware of what Pilot Automotive is, what the company's all about, and why they need to know. Yeah, you know, Pilot's actually been around for 34 years. It's a company that was actually made uh, by one man, and he has actually still vested interest into the company today. His name is Calvin Wang. And what's cool about him is he was one of the first people to develop these fog lights. And I'm going to actually share my history a little bit. My first car, I had these bright blue Pilot fog lights on it. And Pilot wasn't really a brand that I knew. But now I feel like I've come full circle in my entire career. And now I work for that company. And they make a ton of different um, automotive accessories. But some of their big brands are Rolling Big Power, also known as RVP, Voodoo Ride, Luna, DC Sports. And who doesn't remember the old school DC Sports? You know, they did headers and strut bars and exhausts and intakes. We're reviving that brand right now. We also have some other smaller brands like Bully and Luna. And yeah, it's it's just a really exciting time to be a part of a company that has these really well-rounded brands that speak to almost every single aftermarket automotive vehicle out there. And with our distribution, within a lot of the retailers and e-commerce, you know, we're really setting the world on fire with some of these new products and especially on the RVP side. There's innovative new tire racks and running boards and grills and wheels and tires. What I love about this company is we make something for every single aftermarket or every single vehicle out there that wants an aftermarket product. Oh, cool. Very cool. How can people learn more about Pilot Automotive? Yeah. So depending on the brand that you're really interested in for our truck lovers, it's going to be rollingbigpower.com. For anybody that's looking for car care keening, it's going to be voodooride.com. And it's going to be uh, luna.com for any kind of interior accessories. And so we've got some really great brands. Pilot Automotive, like I said, it's been around for 34 years. We're based in City of Industry, California. We have some really young, innovative people working here that are creating new products that honestly I haven't seen before. And it's really exciting to be a part of a new team that's Youthful in mind, but also youthful at heart. You know, it's very important that we have a, a group of people here that love their cars, that we host two events a year called the Voodoo Bash, where we bring over 2,500 people and over 500 vehicles and do a, a 15 to 20 drifter demos in the back. It is one of the most exhilarating 
events I've ever been to. And I'm just honored to be able to say my company puts it together. That sounds very, very cool. I'll make sure I put a link to Pilot Automotive on Catherine's show notes page. Check them out. Check out all these products. Sounds absolutely cool. Well, Catherine, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Catherine, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested as a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Catherine be and want? You know, I think I'm actually like an 18 wheeler Freightliner semi. Oh my gosh. Holy yeah. I don't think anything yeah, ever okay. said that before, but that's how I feel. I feel like I have this rough exterior. Um, I've traveled a lot across the world in the country. I've got a lot of really good ideas and creativity in, in the back of my trailer, but you know, I'm a person that's dependable and trustworthy and I love to give a helping hand. I think that that's just the perfect person. For, it's not what I want to be, Mark. Let's be very clear. That's not what I want. It's no, that's okay. I'm probably from an exterior vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's why I put that little uh, caveat into that question. Because most people, if I said, what do you want to be? Oh, I want to be a sexy Ferrari or something, you know. But uh, no, I, I like going a little deeper into the mind and the soul of the kind of person you perceive yourself. So, yeah, I can see that in you, Catherine. Just trucking on <laughs> down the road, just getting the job done. Boom. Get out of the way. She's coming through. Big horns blaring. All right, Catherine, we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that semi-throttle 
as you come rolling down the road. So (laughs) here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? If you want something, don't stop trying. There you go. Love it. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Um, I think that to-do lists are a success and also a failure of mine because I'll make to-do lists for to-do lists. But um, I think if you write it down, you have a goal sheet, you will get it done. So write it down, make a to-do list. Very, very important. I've had a lot of very successful people in this business, and that is one of their key notes is to write it down and uh, have a to-do list and a goal list. How about a resource? Is there one you'd like to share with our listeners you find a particularly appealing? Absolutely. There's SEMA News, which is a print magazine that goes out every month. But then there's also SEMA E-News. You can literally email SEMA and ask them to be on the list. It goes out every Thursday. And there's probably about 20 different articles of what's happening in the aftermarket automotive. That is my number one go-to for what's happening in the industry. I get mine every week. I love it. Now, if I can arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I would love to have a drink with Linda Vaughn because I feel like she's had to put up with a lot of things in the industry when she started. And honestly, I think that she's really fun and she would have so many great stories to talk about. So I think Linda would be my perfect person. You know, I can maybe set that up. Linda's been a guest on this show. Uh, yeah. met her and talked to her many times in person. So I'd love to connect you two. So uh, maybe next time you're at SEMA, you can sit down and have a drink with Linda and uh, learn some of her stories. Yeah, quite a spectacular woman and uh really interesting story in life. In fact, she just uh, last year published a book about her life, which is very she fascinating did. and interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want me to do that, just let me know. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? You know, mine right now is, um, her name is Shauna Nyquist, and she wrote a book called Present Over Perfect. I'm kind of a perfectionist in my right. I can't help myself but making sure that everything is done and organized and ready to go. I have two small boys, and my entire life is to-do lists and checklists and making sure that everything is perfect. And what I forget is that I'm not being present in the moment because I'm too worried about being perfect. And this book really kind of gives you another mom's view on why things are like that and why society gives us, you know, we have to be perfect. And it really allows people to slow down and go, wait a minute, I'm not being present in the lives of my kids or my husband or my work or my hobbies or my family. And it's, it's, uh, it's a good reminder to be present. You know, that sounds like a really interesting book. Now, would that be a book you mentioned uh, for mothers in particular, but would that work for men as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it for anybody that is on the go and is having trouble juggling multiple things. I think it's a great book for anybody to just figure out how to be present instead of always striving for perfection. You know, I'm going to touch on this a minute because I, I I had an experience and it sounds like you and I uh, share a lot of our traits, uh, perfectionist, drive hard, always working towards trying to be the best we can be. And I love to take photographs at car shows. And I've always carried a camera. I've got over 100,000 photos in my library. And one of the shows I went to once, uh, my camera, for some reason, I left it back in the hotel room. And so I felt, it's like being without your phone. I felt naked. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm at the show and I can't take any pictures. Well, what I learned from that is what this title of this book is, I found that I started enjoying the show so much better by just being present, observing, interacting with people versus stuck behind the lens of trying to take that perfect picture. Would that relate to some of the stories in this book? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's so many different scenarios where we're not paying attention. And I'll, I have what we call a red dot issues on my phone. If there is an alert or notification, like I have <laughs> to open it up and I have to look at it. I don't know if yeah. I'm like OCD in that sense. But I found that I was reacting more to the emails that were getting sent to me and that I needed to respond when I could have actually done that later when my kids were asleep or when I was actually in the office the next day. And I was taking time away from my kids instead of and and not participating with them. And one of my two sons um, made a comment to me where he wanted to play with my phone instead of play with me because that's what mom does. And I just thought, oh, ouch. Oh, my gosh. Now, in fairness, I did have a bunch of photos of Jeeps on there from my last trip to Easter Jeep Safari. So he wanted to look at cars, but it was still, I just thought, my gosh, I'm not being present with him and I'm not doing him any of, I'm not doing him a good service. From the mouths of babes. Yeah. You know, uh, blunt and direct. Um, Yeah. You know, Simon Sinek, who's been on TED Talks and does some great videos and books, talks about this uh, red dot syndrome that you talk about. And the fact that we've now been so deeply programmed that we actually have dopamine that gets shot into our brain when that phone vibrates, gets a red dot, rings, whatever it might be, that it actually is this brain stimulant that happens that we become addicted to. I don't doubt it. So... As I was saying with the car show, what I've learned is I try to, after walking the show and taking pictures, I put my camera away, put my phone away, and just enjoy, be present in the moment with the people and with the cars. Much more relaxing. And of course, I think the same thing, uh, we do that here at our house. When we sit down and have a meal, phones go away, turned off, uh, because it's so easy to get distracted. And we all know that feeling when you're sitting with somebody, a loved one, a friend, their phone rings and they stop the discussion and they answer it. How does that make you feel? Oh, God. Pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, you mean really? That, I'm not that important. Really? Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, it's a tough deal. I think we're all going to have to go through a, uh, a, a reconditioning here, not, not too long future. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the, um, one of the great ways to make sure that somebody is listening to you is to ask them to listen with their eyes, because what happens is we're talking to each other, but we're really on our phones. We're scrolling through emails or Instagram, but I will tell people, Hey, can you listen to me with your eyes? And that they all of a sudden pop up and go, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing that to you. Yeah, we've all been at events, public events, and that person's looking over the shoulder. Who else am I going to get to talk to? And you're yes, sitting there going, Great. oh, yeah. No, I, in fact, uh, uh, McKeel Haggerty just posted something this morning about that. I believe he's coming out actually with a book that talks about that and that we, in the future, we will find that uh, people that are disengaged from their devices will become much more likable, much more hireable, much more... Much better, I guess I should say, because they are engaged in the moment versus disengaged constantly and stuck in those phones. So I'm sure everybody listening right now is nodding their heads going, yeah, yeah, I've done that. I'm guilty. I'll raise my hand. (laughs) I'm guilty too. So I'm trying to be better about that. Yeah, it is a challenge. That's for sure. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great links, including this book by Shauna Nyquist, Present Over Perfect. On her very own Cars Yeah show notes page, just go there and type in Catherine. Her name's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-E, Reinhardt, and that page will pop right up with all those great links. All right, Catherine, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question is a fun one, but it can be a bit of a doozy. 
Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but there are rules to this game that make it a little bit of a challenge. I want you to drive it. No garage queens allowed. Uh, You can't sell it to buy your kids a bunch of toys or buy yourself another car or 20 cars or invest. You have to keep this car, so choose wisely. But here's the kicker. It's the only one you can have. So what's it going to be? You know, I've always wanted to have a Mustang. My dad is a Ford guy through and through. And, you know, I, I actually wanted to have a Mustang, my first car that I purchased, but that dealership would not negotiate with me. And I just, <laughs> I had to walk away. And then, um, you know, I was, I was always sad because I wanted a Ford Mustang, but I would love a 1967 Ford Mustang GT500. My dad always wanted one. And it's also the year that my mother was born. And I thought, you know what? That would be the perfect car for me. And my kids love uh, cars right now. And they want to be in every single ride that I bring home, whether it's from work or going to a car show or a race. And um, I think this is something that the entire family would really enjoy. Oh, yeah. Well, I love the fact you included the family because there's that little seat in the back where the boys can sit. But uh, 67 GT500, I had a 66 Fastback, but the 67 GT500, very special car. Of course, they made a bit of a body change that year, too, which was very yeah. cool elements there. What color would you like yours to be, just so I make sure I deliver the right car? Ooh, well, you know what? I do miss my 2000 Honda Civic Si, so I'd love to give it in that rare blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they made a nice blue, that's for sure. Mine was uh, old, I think it was called Old English White, I believe, with blue stripes, and I think that oh, blue yeah. was that same yeah. blue, so uh Yeah. Very cool. All right, Catherine, I will get to work on that. You have taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed talking with you. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom and advice before you rip off into the sunset in that 67 GT500 Mustang? (laughs) Um, You know, I think my my bit of advice would be talk to people, get to know people. You never know where your next job or your next opportunity or your next you know, campaign can lead you. And I think that being able to meet with people and ask questions, don't be shy. I think that especially in the aftermarket automotive industry, you know, people are super welcoming. They want to get to know you. And I think that everybody wants to help each other out. And my recommendation is to get out to as many events as you can, meet people, get their business card, always bring your own business card with you so people can get in contact with you. And, um, you know, and also do your part, you know, make sure you're doing everything you can to excel the industry and not just yourself. You know, we need the next set of generation to come and be consumers for us, be employees at our companies. And we want to make sure that this is a thriving industry for all of us to use. And even for my, my two boys to be able to come into years down the road. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow along with your company? Um, you can follow along with uh, Pilot Automotive or you can reach out to one of our brands, RVP, Voodoo Ride, Luna, Bully, and uh, Roby, one of our car care, or, I'm sorry, our dash cam company. There's a ton of places for you to reach out to us, whether it's through social media, whether it's through pilotautomotive.com, or you can reach out directly to me. I'm on all the different social media channels, and I'm happy to help anybody out there that needs a lending hand in the aftermarket automotive. There you go. I'll make sure all those links are on Catherine's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type Catherine into that search bar. Remember, it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, and her page will pop right up. Catherine, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at SEMA and I'll see you down the road. Awesome. Thanks, Mark, for your time. I appreciate being on your podcast. You're welcome. This has been fun. You take care of your cars. 
but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.